0: That how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword PARTNER.
1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand.
0: Hockey! Yeah! yeah my favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show with Declan Goff. Hope you are all staying healthy in this uh, very very odd time with hockey no longer being played. Along with Every other sport which has been uh, shut down by the uh, coronavirus, unfortunate times. But, uh, Declan, like most people who do sports this time, uh, in, the, in these times, we have to get creative. And so what we have done is we are going to make a Judd's Hockey Show with Declan about a couple of subjects, which are, well, for the time being at least, what we like to call evergreen. We are going to list our uh, top ten wild players of all time, and we've each come up with a list of ten. And also our five most overlooked and or underrated in our mind, wild players of all time as well. And so do you want to go 10 to 1 through your list first on your top 10 players? Or should we go back and forth uh, with each of us giving our 10 and then our 9 as we crescendo up to 1? How would you prefer to do this? I
1: think we go, I give my 10, you give your 10. And we'll we'll go. Like, I'll give my 10, I'll give my reasoning, okay. then you'll go like that. Does that make sense? That
0: makes sense. But make sure that you go from 10 to 1. So oh, we don't sure. go from 1 to 10. Because oh, yeah. that would be no fun be as we incredible. try and make things as, uh, as compelling as possible programming-wise when really there is no sports programming.
1: Okay. So I'll start. Yes. Number 10 for me. The 10th best wild player in history. And, and we should uh, keep in mind, Judd, that this is skaters only. We are not listing yes. goaltenders. So I, I need to make that very clear to the audience. Goaltenders are omitted from this list. This is just skaters. Mm-hmm. Number 10 for me is Mikhail Granlin. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, just in terms of all time players, is seventh in points. Mm hmm. 700, or excuse me, 700, oh my gosh. 317 points for Mikhail Granlin. Almost a point for game player. Mm-hmm. Uh He never really racked up a ton of games. He's not in the top 10 for career games played. But I think when you just think, Of points and players and you know Grandlin had a lot of potential Uh, maybe some people would have him ranked higher on this list who have watched a lot of wild hockey over the last eight seasons but for me in terms of impact he's number 10 for me so that's that's my number 10 okay very fair who do you got for number 10 my
0: number 10 and this is going to be a surprise because points wise this guy over the course of 438 games had 182 points 82 goals 100 assists I'm willing to bet that most Wild fans would leave this guy off the list, but he actually, to me, largely because of the fact that he made himself into a very good player, he would come out and and skate essentially in his sweatpants after games, but he had the ability to shut down opposing players, and in oh, 2003 did a fantastic job against Peter Forsberg in the first-round monumental upset of the Avalanche. I'm going Wes Walls. Okay. I think a lot of people would probably be like, Wes Walls, but... Wes Walls was was a self-made, hard-working, everything that you basically would have probably or would like to have in wild players for the last five years or so, when we have gritted and gnashed our teeth at the amount of guys who have talent but don't necessarily use it, Wes Walls drained every ounce of talent from his body that he possibly could. So is this a reach? Probably. But I will say this for me, from about 6 to 10, it wasn't easy here, too. I know. I was not... Penciling guys in and saying, "Oh yeah, obvious, obvious, obvious." Uh, six to ten was a real chore, and so I decided to reward a guy who I think probably gets
1: undersold for how hard he worked. Really nice player, West Walls. So I can confidently say right now, no no spoiler here that, or actually spoiler, no spoiler here. Yeah, West Walls is not in my top ten, nor is he in my five overlooked. But he was very much on the cusp of either of those lists for me. He's and on. I just, to me, he didn't do. Enough to get into the top 10, and I think he's also too good to be overlooked, and that's how I looked at Wes. But Wes was my first favorite Wild player. When I started watching hockey that inaugural year, okay. Walls was my favorite player. So uh, the child in me probably is very upset at 27-year-old Declan for not putting him on this list, but I, I couldn't do it.
0: Fair enough. Number nine for you. Who do you got?
1: Uh, current Wild player. Okay. Defenseman Jonas Brodeen. Now, Jonas Brodeen is never going to do anything flashy, Judd. We've been saying this on this podcast forever. Um, he is a very stay-at-home defenseman, a first-round pick that was was a good pick. I, I think uh, a lot of people forget that how good of a player he was. He stepped in right away. Lunani loves this guy. I mean, how many how many players really in the NHL draft out outside of the top three, right? Really step in and make an immediate impact. And Jonas Brodina, I believe if memory serves me right, played just less than a full season worth of in the minors and was vaulted right away into the starting lineup essentially for the wild mm-hmm. and has stayed there for the last eight seasons. Um He is six in all time in games played 555 games played. He doesn't have a lot of points, but he is a very steady force and maybe one of the most underappreciated players in franchise history.
0: Brodine is one. So we had hockey here in the NHL from 67 to 94 or 93 when the North stars moved. And since 2000 again, and I've seen quite a bit of that hockey, and I am—I don't have Brodeen on my top 10 list, but I am willing to say he is one of the more solid defensemen in NHL history in the state. Yeah. He is an incredibly solid. He's not sexy. He's not flashy. And there can be nights or there can be a week where you will go to wild games and you'll be like, I didn't really see him play. Doesn't make him not very solid. It's a good pick.
1: All right, number nine, who you got? <laughs>
0: number nine for me. Guy who has played, let's see, also a current player, just like you. 311 games, 111 goals as a member of the Wild, 129 assists, 240 points. He's a guy that if the season had continued, I think should have been traded. He obviously was not by the deadline. I have Eric Stahl. Again, 6-10 to for me, incredibly difficult. Eric Stahl has been a productive player, uh, put in with the right team. He came here from... The Rangers on, what, a three-year contract, which was incredibly reasonable oh, so at the bargain. time. It was
1: one of the best deals ever. Because
0: he had gone from Carolina to the Rangers and had been awful there. And if, if you recall, when he was, he went to the Rangers for a playoff run when Carolina had fallen off the table and was being used at wing. Totally miscast. A lot of people thought his career done. He came here and played really well. Eric Stahl does a, lo- a lot of things. Do I think that he is properly cast as a number one center right now in his career? Absolutely not. I still put him among my top 10 wild players. I have Eric Stahl
1: at number 9. And, and this is where it gets tough because it's hard to round out the 6 through 10. I, I think when we get to 5, maybe we should just do five, four, three, two, one to go because I'm, I'm going to guess there's a ton of parity between you and I. But I was looking at the list, and I was shocked that Eric Stahl, 6th all-time in goals scored. It's ridiculous. I know. And he's been here remarkable, for, I should say. for 4 or 5 seasons. And yeah, he had a bit of a renaissance. And keep in mind the 2016 off season, Judd, all the world's ridiculous contracts that were handed out. I mean, there was a ton of them. Kyle Acaposo got one that was was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know David Backus got a bad contract. That's a year. And we called
0: that at the time. We all said, because at that point, the Wild, I think, talked to Backus. He could have come home, and then Boston gave him that contract, which they've now uh, severed ties. He's now with the Ducks. But we all said, that contract is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Eric Stahl came here. He's been productive. He continues to be Uh, I I think that Paul Fenton, still in retrospect, should have flipped him at the deadline last year. But that does not mean he has not been a really solid player. And I will reiterate this. Put in the right role here right now, I think he could be tremendous. The problem is they don't have the center
1: depth to do that. I'm curious if this guy for number eight for me is on your list, Judd, of your top ten. He he might be in your top five. To me, he's eight. And you could even put him in overlooked. I really think you could. For me, number eight is Pierre-Marc Bouchard. I left him off. Okay. Because the
0: actual point production per game was not good. It was not that great.
1: I mean, five hundred and uh, 565 career games, that's fifth most. Yep. He is fifth all-time in points of 347. Third all-time in assists, 241. Eighth all-time in, in goals. He was fringe, yes. But for me, I, when... And I, again, this is why this is so tough. It is. It's really difficult. I'm not
0: criticizing that. I just debated that that one and nixed him.
1: I don't think we can put him on the Mount Rushmore of what ifs in Minnesota sports like we can with Lariano right. or Teddy. Sure. But I do think he's an honorable mention because concussions really ruined his career at such a young age. He was such a little guy too. Yeah, he was so small. So for me, number eight was PMB, and and he is someone that I could see being an overlooked category too. Eight for me is a
0: guy I'm curious, Declan Goff, if you have, but in 489 games as a member of the Wild, and I think two stints, he had 119 goals, 202 assists, 321 points, and scored perhaps the most memorable goal in franchise history because it came in Game 7 overtime in Colorado against Patrick Waugh in what would turn out to be Patrick Waugh's last game, Andrew Burnett. I have to admit, given the history of this franchise, which was an expansion team in 2000, and I covered the, uh, along with Chips Goggins at the Star Tribune, the, the 2003 run. I have a soft spot for guys like Walls and Brunette. Yeah. Willie Mitchell. So I put Bruno 8. Might be slightly too high, but he's another guy who came here, I thought, maximized his talents and that goal against the abs. Oh. I think, I think to this day, and this is remarkable because we're now in 2020 remains the signature goal. If there's a wild goal that you're probably going to play, it's probably not a Gabrick goal. The one that comes to mind, I think, for most who have been around long enough is the Andrew Brunette goal. That's a good point.
1: Bruno is, I'll jump a little bit. Bruno was six for me. Brunette was number six for me. Fair. Number seven, and someone could say to me, he doesn't have enough body of work here to be in your top 10, but I I think he had such an impact here in such a short amount of time is Brian Ralston. So Ralston, to me, is number seven. Um, I think just three seasons here in those three or four seasons, though, 96 goals, a guy who had such a hard slap shot that would go into the shootout and just say, hey, I'm, past the, I'm I've, I've passed the blue line and now here it comes. I'm and not going to dangle. Goalies not, now hate that. Yeah. Goalies now get mad oh, about that.
0: Yeah, the, I saw goalie freak out this year because the guy did the Ralston.
1: Right. And yeah, now it's part of a code of and I, that's what kills me about <laughs> hockey. And that's why. And that's honestly why. Look, we love hockey. You and I are hockey nuts. But that's that's the kind of crap that I think really struggles a common fan to accept is is the hockey fan alienates those kind of people, and and that upsets me. So Brian Ralston, he's not top 10 in games played. He's not top 10 in points. He is the, he cracks the top 10 for goals with 96, but you're talking about a leader and, let's be honest, probably one of the better free agent signings just like Eric Stahl that came here and was very successful. Absolutely. So he is number 7 on he's your list? He's number 7, and Bruno was 6. Gotcha. Okay. Number 7 on my list
0: is your 10th guy, Granlund. Oh, boy. So, Granlin could be 10. I put him higher. He's going to go down to me. In some ways, I loved him because at times he was so good. And in many ways, he drove me absolutely up a wall. Right. I don't think you can deny the talent. I think it can frustrate you that he didn't necessarily, as much as people to this day, still think he was great, that he didn't maximize that talent. Nearly enough, and I'm not quite sure there was a good excuse why. You know, he'd go and play in the Olympics, and I know he was a smaller guy, and on the big ice he absolutely thrived, and he looked like a world class player there. You know, how how often did Granlin throughout the course of his <clears> wild career playing on the two hundred by eighty five look like a world class player? There were moments, but it wasn't nearly a- enough. He'd go to the Olympic Games and he would look like a great player, but he scored the the diving goal in the playoffs against the abs uh he certainly had some very nice games. There were moments when he flashed. You put him ten, I put him seven. We could put him seven, eight, nine, or ten. Right. I think he needs to be on the list. I really do that's how I, I think it's at it. fair. I think he shouldn't fall outside the list. But I think the, the subjective nature of where Mikhail Granlin lands, I think is incredibly
1: fair. So go ahead and fast forward to your six. Number
0: here. six for me is a defenseman, but it's not your guy Brodeen. It is the Mighty Might, Jared Spurgeon.
1: Okay. Eighty-two
0: goals, hundred eighty-nine points, two hundred and eighty points in six hundred and fifty-three games with this franchise. He is a plus fifty. You stand and you you've done this, you stand near him in the in the room, post game or something, talking to him, and like if this guy came up to you in a bar is like, I play in the National Hockey League. First of all, you'd say, no, yes. no, you don't. <laughs> Second of all, if he said, I not only play for the Wild, but I'm really good, which he is phenomenal, mm-hmm. you'd say, you are full of crap. There is no way on God's green earth, you are so so small and and defense too, like not left wing. You if know, we
1: if if we introduced Jared Spurgeon to Rami and Rami had ten guesses to guess what his job profession was, he never, would never guess NHL player or athlete. I think for that matter.
0: No, but I can't blame him too. Right? Like he looks like he might have the he might if have the physical um, size to say if he told you he played hockey and you didn't know what position he played or his name. You might be like, are you a center or something, like a Goudreau type of player? He's that. a defenseman. Right. It makes no sense. And this kid is special. He is six on my list.
1: Yeah. So that transitions perfectly because number five for my list was Spurgeon. So, and, or excuse me. No, I missed it. I, I jumped the shark. Number six for me was Andrew Brunette. Okay. So Bruno, for me, did clock in at number six. Obviously, okay. the most iconic goal. And I was looking at this the other day, just um, top. Point getters in the 2000 to 2010 range, mm-hmm. and Brunette was in the top 30. And I know he went to Chicago, and he had some success there. And what, did he go to Pittsburgh? He didn't I'd go to Pittsburgh. To off the he top definitely of my head. went to the Blackhawks um, and the Abs. Abs, that's what it was. And he Colorado. had some
0: success. Then subsequently with the abs and was Correct. still pretty good
1: there. Um, I, I think Brunette, so Brunette was my number uh, was my number six after Brian Rolston. Uh, yeah, you talked about the iconic goal, and the body of work is definitely there. He's top 10 in major categories. He's t- he's played 489 games, which was the ninth most. He's six all-time in points, six all-time in assists, four, fifth all-time in goals. There's no question the guy belongs in the top 10. Where you rank him is up for debate. For me, Andrew Brunette clocked in at number six. Number five,
0: I think you had, if I'm not mistaken, at seven, Mm -hmm. Brian Ralston. All right. The production in 241 games, 96 goals, 106 assists, 202 points. Um, His averages per game were incredibly strong. He was a guy who, as you went through, had the big slap shot, was, I think, a really good presence in the room. It's incredible because I did this at five. With Ralston, Declan? Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's way too high. Like, he's fifth. But again, doing this exercise, I thought, no, you know what? The point production per game was good. He had a definite impact on the franchise. If if things had shaken out for this franchise like they should have been, I think Ralston, probably a guy like that who really didn't spend that much time here, ultimately should be up for debate as far as like eight, nine, or ten. But when we consider the history of this team, what it has done or has not done, and and the amount of probably, this speaks to the amount of, or more accurately, the lack thereof high draft picks, because there have just not been that many high draft picks, mm-hmm. who probably should take up more of this list than they do, Brian Ralston comes in at number five for me.
1: Okay. Well, let, let's run through our top uh, 10 through five again, just for the listeners. So my, I'll, I'll start you go. Ten through five for me was Mikhail Grandlin, Mm -hmm. Jonas Brodian at nine, Mm -hmm. Pierre-Marc Bouchard eight, Brian Ralston seven, Andrew Brunette six, and then Jared Spurgeon for me was number five. What's your ten through five?
0: My ten through five is Wes Walls at ten, Eric Stahl, Andrew Brunette, Grandlin was my number seven, Jared Spurgeon was my six, and Brian Ralston my number five. All right, number four for you, Declan Goff. Number four for
1: me is Ryan Suter. I think our, um, I think our top I'm, four
0: might be identical. I,
1: they have to be. Maybe maybe a little different on, on on who's ranked where, but Ryan Suter for me is number four. Obviously, the uh, the half prize free agent was Zach Parisi and has just been a mainstay. And was there questions about some character with him that we've talked about before? Maybe, but let's be honest. This guy is a very very good defenseman. He's probably a hall, he is a Hall of Fame defenseman. Um, I see his game being something that is too is able to be played over a long period of time. I don't think it will be such a detriment by the end of his contract, unlike Zach Parisi, whose contract I think will be more of an ugly head and a black eye than Ryan Suter. Um This is a guy that can do it all. He, he can play the power play. He can play the penalty kill. Uh, whether how much he does that, we've also debated before, but look at the body of work, and there's no way you can't not have this guy in the top five.
0: Yeah, I don't think he, he's not... Not a guy that you watched play or watched play upon his arrival and probably saw him as a star type of player, but he probably was. It's just that, again, like Brodeen, he's not necessarily a sexy player. But, yeah, he's for, for me as well. And there are sometimes the minutes drive, drove me crazy because you'd say to yourself, Ryan, get off the ice mm-hmm. or don't. But he is a phenomenal player. and And the contract was too much. But I will always default to my position on July fourth, two 2012, Declan, which is this is the biggest single free agency day in the history of Minnesota professional sports. And Ryan Souter was a key to that. And Ryan Souter has given you a ton. And keep in mind, too, is it now three years back where he hurt his foot or his leg, had that yeah. gruesome broken leg, which for a lot of guys, their careers would have been done. Mm-hmm. Probably came back too quick, but he did come back and worked his ass off. So yeah. no, no matter what we think of... The uh, locker room chemistry at times, or what Ryan Suter has or has not brought, he does deserve credit for those things. So we both agree he is number four. And now we are to our uh, top ten on Judd's top, hockey. Top three. Or top three on Judd's hockey podcast of our top ten players. Uh, number three for you is who? Miko Koibu.
1: Miko uh, yep. it slides into number three, and and I know he's been the captain here. There is a case for diehard Wild fans for this guy to be your number one. I can hear it. I, I can absolutely listen to it. I won't fight you on it. Uh, we can have a pleasant debate on why he isn't number one to me. Uh, but to me, he's number three. He he he's a he's our first captain. He did a lot of great things. He spent his entire career for his full-time here. Captain. his full time captain. Jacques captain. used to yep. split him up. So he's done a lot of great things. And, and Miko is arguably the face of the Wild. But I, when I'm talking about impacting on the ice and those sexy things we see in a box score. To me, he falls number three, and you probably know who two and one are too.
0: I've got him three, and I will fight you on that. Do ne- never mistake longevity for greatness. Miko Koivu is an incredibly solid and has been a solid player. And in his prime, did a lot of things well. He did nothing great. Uh, perhaps won faceoffs, but it always drives me crazy when a fan base thinks because a guy spent a long time somewhere that he that makes him automatically w- one of the greatest players in franchise history. We both put him three. He deserves that. But he is another guy who, if this franchise had been more functional, would not be third. He'd be probably five. He'd be five or six. He should be five or or six. If you had the first-round draft picks that you should have had by being bad at times when you could have been bad, Miko Koivu would be about five. Miko Koivu, God bless him. I appreciate what he's brought, but um, I would fight you on that. If I think our top two are the same, the highest he could possibly get is two. There is no question I think that we're both going to agree on the most talented greatest player in the history of this franchise, and uh, unfortunately the franchise didn't do enough to save him, but who is number two on your list? I think we're probably in agreement.
1: Prezi Preezy's yep. number two. Yep. Which obviously...
0: And he's a better player than Koivu.
1: Yeah. He's just a better player. Yeah. He's one of the best American-born players of all time. Yes. Um, And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and, and obviously the big free agency day like you talked about with Ryan Suter being handcuffed with one another and Zach is um is the epitome of a hockey player, right? What every coach wants someone to be someone who isn't afraid to go in the corners, get in front of the net, do the dirty things, and also still be a person that scores twenty five to thirty goals regularly and be and is a sixty point guy and can play the power play and and do everything. So to me, it, to me, Parise is number two, and and still just and I'll, I don't mind jumping the shark here, Judd. To me, Gabrick is number one, no matter what. Marion Gabrick is the is the best player in franchise history.
0: Yes, two hundred nineteen goals, two hundred eighteen assists. Four hundred and thirty-seven points, five hundred two games played. Um I, I I agree with you, by the way. I have Parisi two. Gabrick, whose stats I just read is my top player. And Marion Gabrick is, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, the most talented player this franchise has seen. He is a he is why you want to be bad. He is why you desire to get top picks. And in the case of Gabrick, of course, they did because the Wild at that time was an expansion team. Um here's okay, here's the conundrum that I have on Gabrick's wild career Be, that goes beyond the injury problems that he definitely had when he couldn't play for uh, periods of time. The conundrum and the question that I'm going to bring up regarding Gabrick is very, very simple. Jacques Lemaire is a great hockey coach. There is no doubting Jacques. Jacques single-handedly won the first-round series against Tony Granado and the Avalanche in 2003. Granato had no idea what had hit him. Uh, Jacques' use of guys like West Walls and the trap and the ability to slow down the abs made that series. It's one of the, It's it still remains a huge upset. All of that being said, he required Gabrick to be accountable to the point of Gabrick didn't become the transformative star on a consistent basis that he probably could have been with a coach on an expansion team who didn't care as much. Ultimately, did he make Gabrick a better all-around player? Probably no question. Ultimately, did we did we have as much fun watching Gabrick as we possibly could have if he had been turned loose? No, qu- no question. The answer is no. But I'm with you. Marion Gabrick is, and here's the thing, Dex. Marion Gabrick is the only guy on our top ten list who I point to and I say, offensive dynamo and superstar.
1: Yeah, definitively.
0: Zach, Zach Parise. Zach Parise's career is this. Zach is his father, JP, with more talent. I do believe. And a work ethic, and JP worked his ass off too in the corners, in front of the net, same type of deal. Uh, but if you watch Zach play in Zach's prime, what made Zach great was the work slash the talent. What made Gabrick, to me, stand alone on this list as far as being a superstar was
1: just the talent. talent yes.
0: And Absolutely. I look at the rest of my top 10, and there's nobody else I look at and say, yeah, the talent made that guy. Correct.
1: So I, I think I, I knew you and I would probably have the same one through four. Um, the top 10 for me, we'll go we'll right down this top 10 before we go into our five overlooked, which I'm very excited to get into. Top 10 for me from 10 through one is Mikhail Granlin, 10, Jonas Brodin nine, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, eight, Brian Rolston, seven, Andrew Brunette, six, Jared Spurgeon, five, Ryan Suter, four, Miko Koivu, third, Zach Parise, two, Marion Gaverick one. Judd, go ahead. And I go 10 to one, Wes Walls, Eric Stahl, Andrew Brunette at
0: eight, Mikhail Granlin at seven, Jared Spurgeon at six. Brian Ralston is my five. Ryan Suter, Miko Koivu, Zach Parisi, and Gabrick round out my top ten. That is ten to one. So the only, so as far as players that I don't have on my list that you had on yours, PMB is on your list. Pierre-Marc Bouchard, yep. he's not on mine. Wes Walls is not on yours. Besides that, do we agree across the board? I think we do.
1: Yeah, there, there isn't anyone oh, else. Oh, Stahl,
0: Stahl didn't make your list. And did you have Brodine? Stahl made, and Brodine didn't make my list. Okay. But So we're very close, yeah. and at least one through four. And I think one through four, Declan, is pretty crystal clear. Yeah. Like, you would have to be just a Koivu fan to put him one. Absolutely. Because the games played, I mean, just to just to um, put into context, the games played here, Koivu is at 1,028, okay, as a member of this franchise. The next guy on my list who is behind him is Spurgeon at 6.53. So think about that. So Koivu worked real hard. I think three is very fair, but I can't put him above three. All right, so our next list is what I uh, wrote down as the five most overlooked or underrated players in wild history. Now, this is very subjective, and you could certainly think of this as you wanted to, and I actually have one guy who made both my top ten and this list. Okay, interesting. Um, but I will start on this one, and we will, just like we did last time, go, uh, go up. So starting at number five, I have a guy who is on your list who I think, and he's played 555 games in eight years, is actually probably not appreciated for what he brings on a nightly basis, Jonas Brodin, I think he is, I think what he does, as we talked about before, it's not sexy, it's incredibly solid, we take it for granted, and he's the type of guy who when he eventually is gone, and who knows, it might be this summer, if he's dealt as a salary cap move, you'll notice it next year. I think he just brings such a stabilizing influence on the blue line, Declan. And he he makes, if they pair him with the guy, I think he brings the play of the other guy up and allows that um, defensive defenseman that he's paired with to do more things because Brodeen is willing to take a step back but he's just so solid. So he's my number five, Jonas Brodin.
1: Okay, so I didn't rank my five overlooked because I don't think we can do that. that I, don't mean, I don't mean to be fun police, but my five are just five overlooked players in general. See, over I the actually umbrella. ranked them. Yeah, good for you. I couldn't okay. do this. I, I listed my five players I and then I thought about no ranked. Pro, I did a no of course problem you I just, In a snap, I did You it. know me. I make excuses. <laughs> all right. number Okay, your first one, who you're going to give me? Kyle Brodziak. Without a doubt, is one of the most misunderstood players. I looked at it Did you history. see the minus though? Yep. I'm and I know at he it. played
0: a lot of defensive time, but did you see the minus? Yeah, I'm looking I at I couldn't it. get there.
1: Negative forty six in his wild career. Yep.
0: And I'm thinking he had some I believe he had some tough matchups. So there was some excuse for that, but I couldn't
1: I looked at that and I couldn't get there. So he was also, though, in those first pre Parisi suter era years, yep. was playing top line minutes and he had no business being a top line player. I think he's an incredible fourth line shutdown player. Yep. Um, he, he's someone that I have really admired and I thought got really misunderstood. He's a great checking line center. Mm-hmm. He can frustrate you to no ends. Um, and, and in the same breath, it's a big reason why Thomas Vanek never fit here is because he was playing with Kyle Brodziak all the time, okay? But he did a lot of good things. Was he
0: with. Was,
1: there was a time period. Did they. They experimented. I didn't know they crossed over the they two, they experimented. Of them. I thought he wasn't a, was here at a different time. What well, wasn't a Yeah, they they were here for a little bit. Okay. But he was a frustrating player to play against and I think he's very misunderstood as a player and for me he cracks my top 5.
0: So Kyle Brodziak. All right. My number 4. Blast from the past again. All right. Guy that could that I believe came to the Wild from the New Jersey Devils. 283 games in 4 years. Now he was a minus 15, but Again, another guy who had some difficult matchups. You remember Jimmy Dowd?
1: Yeah, he's on mine.
0: I put Jimmy Jimmy Dowd, (laughs) number four. I always considered him, and this might be a slight, but I always sort of thought of him as sort of Wes walls light. Yeah. I liked Walls more, but Jimmy Dowd did a lot of the same— how can I put this nicely? And I mean this as a compliment to Jim Dowd or Walls. A lot of the same crap or garbage— like he had to do it wasn't sexy, it wasn't fun, but somebody had to do it. And to go back again to Jacques, you know, Jacques required guys who were going to be incredibly responsible. Yeah. And Jimmy Dowd, because of that, made
1: my list. That little guy with his jersey tucked into the back of the breezers. I liked him. Oh yeah. yeah, he was great. He's on my list too. Um but for me, another one and this maybe we do have some parody here. Sergey Joltak. Is a very overlooked player. Do you remember Sergei? Yeah, everyone oh, yeah. remembers Sergei Zoltak. I mean, yes. who doesn't? I and mean, in fact, it, uh, unfortunately, I believe the story is that he did die in Darby Hendrickson's arms when he had a heart attack. In he Europe. died at 31 years old. In Europe, he did. That's very incredibly uh, sad. You're just, right. Just died at 31. But I mean, he had a pretty decent run here in Minnesota. 170 games, 71 points, was a double-digit goal scorer in good all one. three of his seasons. Yep. Um, he, he was a very good player. And even in the Wilds' run to the Western Conference Finals, a forty-two point season, sixteen goals that year. At that's no fluke. And also, eighteen games in the playoff run. Judd, thirteen points. I mean, he, he was an instrumental force in that playoff run. Um, so he does crack my list. I, I think. Uh, I think. I know die-hard Wild fans know who he is. But if someone, let's say, someone was born in around two thousand to two thousand three, and is now a teenager and maybe graduating high school. I don't know if they know who Sergei Joltak is.
0: I think it's it's a
1: good point. So he does crack my list.
0: Oh, to to, uh, clear up the Brodziak point, Um, he was here in his last year here before he went to the Blues. was 2014-15, which to your point was Thomas Vanek's first year with the Wild. Yes. When he scored 21 goals and I don't think had his first until Thanksgiving. So you are right. They actually must have forced poor Kyle Brodziak. I should, have put him, I should have put him on my list. I'm never going to feel bad for Thomas Vanek. <laughs> I'm the only one. Number three on my list is a guy who I had in my top ten players at number ten. Wes Walls, 438 games in seven years. Um, I've talked about him in the top ten, so I don't need to reiterate all that. But just my appreciation for what Wes Walls did runs very deep. And I, I think it was. I think it's very easy now for a person like me to appreciate what he did, but also feel that what he did probably got overlooked, especially with how well he used the talent that he had. So Jim Dowd and Wes Walls both make my list.
1: So this one won't surprise you because I've talked about him before millions of times, and he'd only spent one season here in Minnesota. Okay. Cliff Ronning. Without a doubt, is one of the most misunderstood. You knew you were gonna do cliff running. You knew it. I knew it. it. Knew I it. thought
0: about doing it. I didn't because it was only one year. You're a very odd guy. I knew you'd do you cliff kn- running. Yeah,
1: yeah, you did cliff running because he's to. built like you are. I had to. Yeah, he, coming in at five foot eight, 165 pounds. Man, You're playing that playoff run though. Yeah, he's a good player. Just one the time. one season here in Minnesota during that cup run, uh, during the conference finals run, 17 goals, 31 assists. Uh, for the Wild, at 37 years old, he also had nine points in 17 playoff games that year. Former San was Blue, right? Yeah, I mean he and he bounced all Vancouver, over the place. I think he played there. Nashville, but... Phoenix, the yep. Kings, the Islanders, Vancouver. Running man, very oh, underappreciated one-year wonder players. That's why I fought in tooth and nail for him in the Random Minnesota Athlete Challenge. So I think people forget about him.
0: Okay, so so far in. Our five most overlooked or underrated wild players? I've got Brodine, Dowd, and Walls, and you've got Brodziak,
1: Ronning, Joltak, and Dowd.
0: I didn't, I, I did have okay. Dowd in there,
1: so I have one more to give. All right, number
0: two on my list. This is debatable about overlooked or underrated, but I always feel defensemen are. And this guy was an absolute iron man for a long time. <laughs> Hope it's not the same guy. Seven hundred forty-three games in ten oh, years. It's not. W- went on to play for the Oilers and Flyers. Nick Schultz. Nick Schultz. <laughs> Um, second, I believe it's the second most games, I yeah, think, yes uh, to our guy Koivu, who's at 1,028. And again, Schultz at 743. Nick Schultz, though, 26 goals, 102 assists, 128 points, a plus 8 during his 10 years here. Um, it might be a stretch, but I did think that he probably qualifies as an under as an
1: overlooked more so maybe than underrated player. So for me, I, I thought about Nikki, but to your point about Koivu over longevity, you know, are we just appreciating him because he played a boatload of games and was the number one pair defenseman of, for eight he, seasons? I thought he
0: did a lot of good, good things, but I mean, we put Koivu third. I'm not, I'm not saying that Koivu should be slighted. I just don't think he can possibly be called the greatest player in franchise sure. history just because he's played a ton of games here. So in Schultz's case... It was just easy to like take his play for granted. I understand. But yeah, this is, again, this is incredibly subjective, so I put Schultz second.
1: Okay. So I do have a defenseman that cracked mine. but And yours are, yours are not ranked, to be clear. Again. Mines are not so ranked. So these are just five this is my fifth in one. any order. Yep. Okay. Andre Zuzin. You remember Andre Zuzin? Yeah. Three years here in Minnesota. How did you get to Andre Zuzin? A defenseman. Uh, he was also on that. Western Conference finals run. That was his first year here. Yeah. And this guy was a solid blue liner, man. He averaged 21 minutes a night. Did or, he wear number 20? He did wear, I, I, which one with the wild? Uh, t- yeah, number 20. Okay. Pre Ryan Suter. Yep. yep. I remember Andre Zuzan. So uh, and a Russian guy. Zuzan. And averaged 20 minutes a night. Scored double digit points every season. Wow. Okay. I mean, played the power play, had some power play goals. Sure. I think he's someone that's very, very underappreciated. It's uh, subjective. That's incredibly fair. You know, took some penalties. You know, he's someone that wasn't here a long time, so that's why I couldn't put Nick Schultz on overlooked, in my opinion. That like Nick Schultz spent a lot of years here, and he was just here for a long time. Like I I think I might know who your last person is. I might guess it here, but like I, I couldn't, I couldn't put Nick Schultz on that for that reason, just because he was here for a long time, and I and I. Don't really know what he did that was greater than staying here for a long time. I
0: think he was solid. And he did not come anywhere close to being on my top 10. Oh, yeah. So Nick Schultz, Schultz, I just thought, was a solid, probably underappreciated guy. But yeah, he came no. So it's not like I had him on the precipice of my top 10 and thought, well, he's not going to be on that. So I'm going to put him on my underappreciated list. Nick Schultz was just a solid, nice player. For a team for a long time that was okay, you know, certainly not great.
1: And again, you and I don't know each other's list, so let me give one guess on who your last player is. Okay. Is it Nate Prosser?
0: No, no. (laughs) Okay. I swear that would be Nate Prosser. My last guy is a guy who I covered in 2003. Okay. Absolutely loved his style of play. Came from, I believe, again, the Devils. 288 games over five years, and, and subsequently went on to play for the Kings, the Canucks, at the very least, Willie Mitchell.
1: Okay, yeah, he Lo- almost cracked. Man. I loved
0: Willie Mitchell. I can get down. Just with it. Uh, he was a really nice player for an expansion team, and he was. I always thought sort of a tone-setting guy in the room. Um, played a really, really solid game, as I recall. Um, yeah, he is my he's my topmost and. and I really do see the majority of my list probably as being defensemen, just guys who did their jobs. Mm-hmm. That's a thankless job. Yes. Um, as I recall during the course of the 2003 playoffs, at some point in time, Mitchell got hurt. I think he fractured his wrist or something, and I think he kept playing. So, yeah, so my top five are one through five, Willie Mitchell, Nick Schultz, Wes Walls, Jimmy Dowd, and Jonas Brodin. So three of my five are defensemen in the most overlooked or underrated category.
1: So for me, my five overlooked were Kyle Brodziak, Sergei Zoltak, Cliff Ronning, Jim Dowd, and Andre Zuzan. And yeah, Willie Mitchell almost cracked it, and so did Curtis Foster. Curtis Foster almost cracked it That'd be it a too. good one.
0: Curtis Foster
1: could. Poor you know, guy. I know. about cracked. I mean, that's the whole Whew. reason. I mean, that is the reason the icing rule is in effect now is because of the Curtis Foster. That was the last straw, I should say. It wasn't the who first one Who is
0: the kid from the Oilers who Eric Nystrom um, ran into the boards in a preseason game at the X, and he did the same thing and basically split his... Ugh. fibula right yeah it, it's, it was th- that's the biggest bone or, or is yeah, it the it it tibia
1: a, i think it's the fibia. i don't know.
0: anyway yeah that was that was a really good reason to change the icing rule now did you did you start to toy with our next list which we could get to next week which is and this is a fun one and i've got a top five it could go to top 10 it's probably worth five though top uh five most reviled players in wild history so the ones that the fans love to get on and complain about, not like the Granlins because they were just sort yeah, of frustrating, that, that's you and I. but I felt that a lot of people liked Grandland. Yeah. This is actually, because I went through this list a couple of days ago, and it's more old school than current players, Okay. Um. but the most reviled, the, mo- the guys that we, the guys that the fans most love to get mad at. Yeah,
1: I say we save it for the next pod. Sometimes Because now I need to, now I really need to think about it, but I do have, there's a couple well, some are, that are on the top of the list.
0: Some are Zolgad specials. Yeah. But some aren't guys that I was down on, but the fans couldn't stand. Sure. And actually my list will be topped by a guy who the fans couldn't stand, much more so than me.
1: Okay. I can get and down it. And there was
0: constant grumbling and moaning and whining from the fans at the X because this guy could never get his act together as far as they were concerned.
1: Okay. Well, this was we a fun here? list. Yeah, I think it is I think we are done. Okay,
0: so that, those were our top ten uh, players in Wild history, and also our uh, top five most underappreciated, underrated players in the course of the Wild's history, which dates to uh, two thousand. If people would like to chime in with their own, should they do so at the uh, Score North Twitter account, Declan,
1: or to us? Yeah, dude, let's do it to us. Do it at JZogat at Dex tweets. Uh, at us at Dex, players, right? Yeah, D-E-X at, I would love the regular Declan Goff handle. I can't get it. Uh, So yes, got this one person in Australia who has one follower and hasn't tweeted. I've reported him for years and I can't get the handle.
0: Mackie had the same problem for years and years. There was an at Phil Mackie. Yeah. Which I think he has now. Yeah. So he he was like at PMAC 21 and he did the same thing. He would like report it to Twitter and be like, this guy doesn't tweet anymore. Just give me the handle. I know. And they wouldn't. But yet you can get suspended. Here's what I don't get. So Twitter will suspend you almost instantaneously if you use copyrighted music on Twitter. And they'll suspend you for like two weeks. But, like, if you just quit tweeting and take up a, a possible usable handle, it just stays dormant forever. And
1: especially with such a prominent person like me, you know, I, I, want, I want the handle. Well, there's not a lot of Jay Zolgads or Judd Zolgads. Or Declan Goff. I was like, going to say, Declan
0: Goff's not, it's not as weird as my name. I'm not trying to insinuate that. But it does seem a little bit odd that Declan Goff would be taken. Yeah, so that's a little strange. So, yes, if, if uh, you want to um, reply back to us or weigh in on our top 10 wild players of all time or top five most underrated uh, overlooked players, certainly do so. As Declan said, he's at Dex Tweets. I am at Jay Zolgad, J-Z-U-L-G-A-D. One of these days, Declan Goff, hockey, will come back and we can talk about uh, an ongoing season, but that will not be today. So um, look for us next week. Appreciate you listening. Take care. Stay safe. Pass, shoot score.